Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is our epistle reading for this past Sunday, which was the fourth Sunday in Advent. We're looking at Romans chapter 1, verses 1 to 7, where the Apostle Paul was inspired to write, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who, as to his human nature, was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him, and for his namesake, we receive grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. My dear friends in Christ, Paul wrote this letter to the Roman Christians to prepare for a visit there to meet with the people and, to, well, to go to other places as well where the gospel had yet to be preached. The congregation at Rome is most likely a congregation that was established by Jews who had been present on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit in that special way came down upon those early believers. But this congregation... Basically, it was a Gentile congregation, but because of its founding and how things worked, it basically had lacked or hadn't enjoyed the real good instruction by the apostles following the day of Pentecost. And so what Paul did in this letter is he wrote to them, inspired by the Holy Spirit, of course, what we could call a beautiful Bible information class to teach them the basic truths about salvation and about God's plan of salvation. Well, a beautiful Bible information class that taught them about how the forgiveness of sins is not something that is something we can earn or deserve but that it's something that comes to us through faith in Jesus Christ. Our reading today, it's the beginning, his opening words to his letter, in which Paul tells the Roman Christians that he is a true servant of the Lord, that he is concerned about their eternal souls, and he was faithfully preaching to them the gospel which Christ had given to him and which they so desperately needed to hear. Well, they needed to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ because Jesus is the peacemaker, the only peacemaker with God. 
before we could were called to faith, the thing that we need to recognize is that we could only consider God to be our arch enemy. That's our condition before we're called to faith. Paul said, the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. On our own, we could never do anything to be at peace with God. We would just be in a state of enmity with God. But if, therefore, we were to be at peace with God, if that were to happen, that we could be at peace with God, then what was the case is that God had to intervene. God had to step in. God had to reestablish that relationship with God, the peace that existed, well, back in the Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve fell into sin. And he did that by sending his son. God did that by sending his son, who our reading says, as to his human nature was a descendant of David. For Jesus to be the promised savior, the one who would crush the head of Satan, well, he had to be the seed of the woman. He had to be a real human being as God had said to Adam and Eve that the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head. He had to do that so that he could fill, fulfill all of those Old Testament prophecies. But he also had to be a real human being so that he could die and pay the wages of sin, the death penalty, the eternal death penalty, that you and I deserved because of our sins. Paul also describes Jesus, the peacemaker here, as one who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead. The NIV translates spirit of holiness. It capitalizes the word spirit and what it's intending to say by that is that this is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who declares Jesus to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead. However, this section is probably better understood to refer when it says the Spirit of Holiness to be thinking about Jesus' divine nature in contrast to his human nature because Jesus is true man. He was able to die for our sins, but because he's true God. And now that spirit of holiness, that tells us that Jesus has the power, the power with his death to pay for the sins of the world, all the sins of the world, and then also to rise from the dead and to show that he had won the victory over death and hell so that, so that we could have peace with God. Jesus said, No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. And he has that authority because who is he? He's the Son of God. He's God. He's able to 
take that life back again. Oh, Michelangelo, on one occasion, he was frustrated with his fellow artists and he, he turned to them and he said, why do you keep filling gallery after gallery with endless pictures on the theme of Christ in weakness, Christ on the cross, and most of all, Christ hanging dead. He continued, he asked, why do you con concentrate on that passing episode as if it were the last word? As if the curtain dropped down there on disaster and defeat? That dreadful scene lasted only a few hours. But to the ending, but to the unending eternity, Christ is alive. Christ rules and reigns and triumphs. Oh, because it's beyond their understanding, many people deny Jesus' physical resurrection from the dead. And we can understand that. I can remember a TV movie from many years ago that that talked about Jesus' death, and it basically ended with his death and burial with, with no mention of his resurrection. Well, the Apostle Paul told the Corinthian Christians, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. If anybody doesn't believe that Jesus, the Son of God, that if a person doesn't believe that Jesus really rose from the dead, you know, he might just as well throw his Bible away because that kind of Jesus wouldn't do him or anyone any good at all. But the Apostle Paul continues, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And, and now he's the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep because he's the first one that came from the dead, rose from the dead with a glorified body never to face death ever again. Because Jesus rose. And because he restored peace between us and God, well, we can look forward to our own resurrection to eternal life. Jesus, the peacemaker, he gives you and me the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that peace that assures us that heaven is our home. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending your son Jesus to be the peacemaker, to pay for our sins so we don't have to be afraid of you, so we can look at you and know you are our loving Heavenly Father. Thank you for giving us the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. We pray in the name of Jesus who gives us that peace. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always.